Welcome to Beyond the Dollar with me, Sarah Lee Kane, a show where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. This week, I'm going to recap my conversation with Alyssa Davies from last week. I'm going to dive into what really might be going on when you're shopping impulsively, even if it's not a full-fledged addiction, how to recognize your emotional triggers, and how to achieve balance when it comes to your shopping habits. All right, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. Everyone, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Alyssa, I suggest you go listen to that one just to give you a bit more context of what I'm going to talk about in this episode. Now, in any case, if you've heard the previous recap episodes, I'm going to do a quick recap of what Alyssa Davies and I had talked about last week. So to summarize, Alyssa had a shopping addiction specifically for clothes in her early 20s. So she had about $15,000 worth of credit card debt, and most of that was on clothes. So the good news is she did get out of debt. She had to do some lifestyle changes. And then we also talked about emotional spending, what that really means, and the idea of trusting yourself to enjoy and spend money, which we're definitely going to cover in the remainder of this episode. Before that, let's listen to Alyssa talking about some of her reflections on this time in her life. I've spent a lot of time reflecting on why I used to shop and why I used to buy clothes so often. It was for my self-esteem. It was kind of like a pick-me-up if I wasn't feeling great about myself, which what 20-year-old is that confident? I had no confidence at the time. It felt like a sense of accomplishment, like if I can afford to buy this, which I couldn't because I was just putting it on my credit card. But it was like, if other people think that I can afford new clothes all the time, then it must mean that I'm an accomplished person. It was also about gaining some kind of acceptance from my friends and the people in my life at the time. It made me feel a sense of belonging too, because it was something I could do with any of my girlfriends at any time. And it just felt like it was an easy way to hang out with people and connect with people. So what you just heard in this clip is this idea of emotional triggers. There's a lot of definitions for it. So I'm just going to give you a quick recap of what my, I guess, version of emotional triggers are. So in a nutshell, these are emotions, duh, right, (laughs) that sends a message to your brain or that you react to, which encourages you to act in a certain way. And by you acting in a certain way, you can alleviate those emotions or you're going to get a certain result from it that you think is good for you. So an example can be you feel hungry. So that trigger is going to encourage you to eat so that you are no longer hungry. So that's a really simple example of that. Now, what can be really surprising about emotional triggers is that they're really usually from beliefs that you have about yourself and the world around you. So the one I just talked about, hunger, if you want to use that example, is a simple fact is that you need food to survive. Sure, you can go a few days without eating, but eventually you're going to need to eat for nutrients and, and all those things, right? But there's also more complicated ones like the one Alyssa talked about last week. And so as you heard in that clip, it had to do with her low self-esteem and the way she felt about that. And more specifically was the idea of buying clothes for her was a way to feel accomplished and in a sense that she was worthy. So for her, Feeling that low self-esteem led to that emotional trigger of shopping for her to feel less like she had low self-esteem, right? That she was worthy. 
So by the way, you can replace this with other types of vices, like alcohol in um, season seven's finale episode. I'll leave a link for you in the show notes. Now, for me specifically, there were two items that I bought in my late teens to early 20s. I talked about this before, but just a quick recap was that I had bought Pez dispensers and vinyl records to convey this sense of like, oh, I'm really cool. I'm worthy of being around you. You want to be friends with me because I'm just so special and unique and all of those things. Again, it was to mass that low self-esteem. Like I wasn't good enough or worthy enough by myself to be friends with. And so that feeling of unworthiness led me to ultimately buy some of these items. And what led me buy to specifically Pez dispensers was that I didn't see anybody else buying them, number one. Vinyl Records was people around me were buying these. And so I thought, okay, well, that's a way into having a conversation with these people that I really, really want to be friends with. Now, as you hear this, I'm sure you're wondering, okay, well, great, emotional triggers suck. What do I do about it? (laughs) Now, I do want to be clear Not all emotional triggers are terrible, right? Going back to the hunger example, not to harp on it too much, that can be useful because it's your body telling you you need food. But for the negative ones, the truth is that you really can't squash your emotions. Hate to break it to you. Emotions don't go away. The important thing is what you do with them or when you feel them. I mean, the truth is I still feel pretty insecure sometimes or very emotional for different reasons, and I still spend money. It happens. But to begin working with these emotions and to recognize your emotional triggers and hopefully lead you on a better path financially, right? Maybe impulsively shopping less, or if you do have a shopping addiction or what you consider a shopping addiction, hopefully getting away from that, is that there are a few tactics. And one of them is to get really clear on what it is that you're getting out of a purchase. So for example, a few weeks ago, I bought a few different varieties of basil seeds. And what I ultimately got out of that purchase was really for my amusement. I love seeing what plants look like. They didn't sell them at my local nursery store or plant store, sorry. And so I thought, okay, well, let me grow some seeds. I really enjoy it. It's an activity that I can also enjoy with my son. So again, ultimately what I'm really getting out of the purchase is it's a fun activity. I enjoy it. It satiates my curiosity and with a bonus of using this as a way to spend quality time with my son. So this example is a positive outcome to a purchase. Now I will warn you that if there's a negative outcome or an answer that is air quote negative, you may not like the answer that you find. Even when you initially thought, okay, this purchase is actually good. And you begin to really figure out what it is or the reasoning behind the purchase, you may not like the answer that you find. I mean, think back to Alyssa discovering why she was really buying clothes, right? Or when I figured out one of the major reasons that I had spent so much on vinyl records to impress others. So what next? Especially if you find that your emotional triggers are based on something negative. Again, no easy answer. But what you can do is to start asking yourself more questions. And you know, I love questions, right? So really, a simple question can be difficult to answer is to start asking yourself what you like. So in this sense, it boils down to internal motivations 
and not external ones like what you think you should do or what you think will impress others or make yourself seem, let's say, more worthy in other people's eyes, for example. The one thing that changed my mind and still I think about all the time is I listened to one of Oprah's podcasts, like her super soul ones, I think they were called. It had Gretchen Rubin on it. She wrote a book about her personal rules in life to make things more joyful or to confirm what in your life makes you happy. And she talked about how she used to spend so much of her time doing things that made other people happy that she thought because other people were happy doing those things that she should be happy doing them. And she used music as her example. Like She saw how music made other people so happy and she always wished that it would make her that happy. That was like a light bulb moment for me where I realized I was trying so desperately to fall in love with fashion and style and clothing for so long because I saw all of my friends and other people in my life enjoying it. But I actually don't even like clothes. I don't like shopping anymore. I just don't enjoy trying to put outfits together. And I'm like, I can't believe I spent so much of my time trying to fall in love with something that I never actually enjoyed. So again, the first question is, what do you enjoy? Again, simple, right? A little bit harder to answer, but it's a really simple question. And it's one that you probably need to ask yourself again and again to get super clear. And what you enjoy can change. Now, an example of that is I found that I do enjoy music. I do enjoy the songs I was listening to on the vinyl record specifically, but I didn't need to actually purchase the vinyl records. I'm fine with digital files. So back in the day, I bought an iPod and I uploaded, downloaded, whatever you want to call it, some music onto that. And I really enjoyed that purchase. So out went the vinyl records. So you may find that there are things that you enjoy from a purchase you already have made many times or once, but the specifics of it can change. And so that could save you money or that can make you feel better about your purchase. And as you figure out what you enjoy, it's really important to be compassionate to yourself. It's already hard enough that you're changing your behavior. It's really important in that process to trust that you're heading in a direction that is beneficial for you. So something I tell myself whenever I'm going through transitions or changes is that whatever experience that I've had so far, right, whatever financial or shopping behavior that I've done so far is what's led me here to this point to make these changes. I can use those experience to have better experiences down the line, right? So that these experience in a way is a way to fuel what I can now do, what I feel is best for me and even those around me by extension. So for example, my husband and my son. I also really loved the questions that Alyssa had asked herself in the last episode. I'm going to paraphrase here. So the first question that she had asked was, is this purchase necessary? So at the very basic level, is it a pair of shoes I really need because the old ones don't give me support anymore? Do I have holes in my socks and I literally need just need to buy some new ones, right? The second question is, is it something I truly want or I think I should want? Again, the answer that you find might not be the one that you like and that's okay. And if you're not sure about a purchase, whether it's something you truly want or something you think you want, that's where pausing really comes into play. So if it's a large purchase, you can put that decision on hold for a week, 30 days, whatever timeline you think will be helpful. If it's a small purchase, like a couple of dollars, 
it's really tempting to buy it. But I encourage you in that moment, if you're not going to the store for that particular item, it's not even related to the item that you're buying, then walk away from it. The next time you go back to the store, if it's still there, you still want it, maybe purchase it. So here, I don't want to give you specific guidelines on like when to purchase or when not to purchase, but it's really a good idea to think about what triggers you and how are you going to work best in terms of making that decision, right? Is it something that you truly want? or to something that you think that you want. And again, as you're figuring this out, it really comes back to learning what you enjoy. It goes back to trusting yourself that you know what it is that you enjoy and that you know that you will eventually be able to spend money in a way that's going to align with what you value, what you really want, and ultimately what's going to be better in your life. I mean, honestly, I'd love to give you a clear step-by-step guideline on how to, you know, crush it or (laughs) hack for impulse spending. But the truth is, I I can't. Finances are messy. Your life is messy. And to suggest anything otherwise is really doing a disservice to you. And I do not want to be dishonest about anything I do on Beyond the Dollar. But the good news is that I know you can do this. So if you're listening right now and you want to start taking those small steps, I know you can do this. Those questions are really the first step And being honest with yourself is one of the first steps as well. So keep asking those questions to get to where you want to be from where you are right now. And don't forget to enjoy what's happening right now in your life, even if it's messy, even if you're getting stuck, figure out what it is that you enjoy or whether those purchases that you're making or those impulsive purchases that you're making are for yourself or for other people. Right? How cool is that? You get to learn more about yourself and what you like and start making decisions to better yourself and those around you. Plus, there are so many supportive people and amazing resources out there to help you. So you're not alone. And believe it or not, I know you are doing some things right. I am sure of it. So don't forget to pat yourself on the back on some of the great things that you are doing and to not only focus so much on the negative. So that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Dollar. Next week, I'm talking with Jen Smith and her story of being laid off when she was 36 weeks pregnant. Crazy. So again, if you want to reach out to me, anything about this episode or questions in general, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Beyond the Dollar. You can comment on one of the posts or go on my DMs, whatever. You can also email me at hello at beyondthedollar.co and let me know what you think of this episode or how you've made some decisions to help you better understand your emotional triggers. And one way to help share the mission of what we're doing around here, we just have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Please share this episode with a friend. You can send them a link to the website or you can show them on the podcast app that they listen to or you listen to how to listen to Beyond the Dollar. As always, thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Dollar and I will catch you on the next episode. Props to Donovan Durance for composing this awesome theme music.